So, Paul, in this uh, Romans chapter 8, having said that if God is for us, who can be against us, then says, a little later down in the verses there, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or the sword? Now, it seems that there are two things going on here then, two realities. There's the love of God coming through to us, and then there's all this trouble as well coming through. Well, what is this? Are there two realities, one separated from the other, one working against the other? Or is something happening where God's truth of love in Christ breaks through all of these troubles and persecutions and famines? Now, this isn't simply a, a curiosity question. It's a question that involves our faith to a great degree so that we can stand when all the storms are all around us. Well, let's explore it. Colin Cook here and how it happens. Thanks for joining me today. You're listening to the good news of the gospel described in the book of Romans. Here we learn about God's grace through his son, Jesus Christ. We learn how our faith trusts him. And so this is a this program is a learning experience. It is a, it is a training experience. As a matter of fact, I often call this program a faith training program. I'm not here simply to inspire but to train so that you don't become dependent on me and this program. Rather, you learn how to exercise faith when there's no one around and no support so that you can know God in the darkest of moments. Well, listen in every Monday through Friday, if you like, and if you can, uh, 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated, uh, repeated at 4 o'clock in the morning on KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas. Also, you can hear the program any time of the night on your smartphone. Simply download a free app. Uh, soundcloud.com, then key in how it happens with Colin Cook when you get there, or go straight to uh, soundcloud.com slash faithquest. Do the same with podbean.com or go to uh, faithquest.podbean.com. So here we are. Paul says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now, love of Christ, the love of God, is not simply a sentiment, you understand. It's not simply a nice feeling that God has all the day. We often confuse love with romance, love with sentiment, love with feelings. But when God loves, he acts. He is vibrantly involved in his creation. And when he is involved with that creation, he is involved in a loving way. Even his wrath is an expression of his love. When he cannot get through to people by his grace, by his mercy, he then send, hands people over to the powers of sin, which is described in the book of Romans chapter 1. That handing over is an expression of his wrath, but is it a suspension of his love? No, it is not. God's wrath is motivated by his love. His love, his wrath is a grievous decision of his love to hand us over to what we choose instead of him. He knows it will hurt us, but he has to let us have what we want instead of him, our idols instead of him, so that finally they reveal, uh, they bring us to a dead end and we call out for mercy. 
So God's wrath is an act of love, but God's mercy is love in action also. And so we have God moving in upon us with his grace and his love, bringing mercy to us, bringing help to us, bringing guidance to us, bringing deliverance. But does it happen in a vacuum? Is it What I mean by that is, does it happen outside of all the things that are going on around us? You see, what we are looking at here are two realities. The love of God who is endlessly exercising his power and his grace to bring about good for us. But then all the troubles and tribulations and distresses and famines and nakedness and the peril and the sword that are against us. How does this work? Well, Paul has talked about two kingdoms. Two kingdoms. He has talked about the kingdom of grace as it operates through the kingdom of sin. Put another way, there is the kingdom of Adam, the sphere of existence in which we live in the kingdom of Adam, which is the kingdom of sin and death, All around us, death is taking place. Even within us, it's taking place. Not simply death at the end of our lives, but the many deaths that we go through uh, on a daily basis as disappointments and frustrations and irritations and griefs take place uh, and uh, create this sense of abandonment and darkness within us. But at the same time, there is the kingdom of Christ, this kingdom that Christ has won over the forces of evil. Now, how do these kingdoms exist? Do they exist one on one side of the universe and another on the other, and the never the twain shall meet? No, that's not the case. What the scripture reveals is that the kingdom of Christ has invaded the kingdom of Adam. That's what we need to understand. Remember when Jesus came to the earth, it was a sort of invasion, an invasion of grace into the kingdom of sin and death. Jesus himself said in Mark chapter 1, he said, the kingdom of heaven has arrived. Repent and believe. Repent of your unbelief and believe. The kingdom has come. Why do we why did he say that? Because the king had come, Jesus Christ. He had come into the kingdom of Satan. This obviously created an enormous flurry of, of anxiety and stress in the kingdom of Satan and, the, and uh, the demons and the angels. They didn't know what to do. They were frantic because they knew that Christ was already the victor. They knew more than human beings did at that time. You remember how they panicked over Christ's presence in the presence of that demoniac. Who are you? We know who you are, the the Son of God. Have you come to torment us before the time? I mean, this was panic among the dark forces of evil. This is what we need to understand. Now, you know I've told you this story before, but I'll tell you it, well, at least the high points of it again. Um, I just love it. It's the story, yes, of Joseph in the book of Genesis. Remember how that kid, 17 years old, was kidnapped by his brothers, thrown into a pit. They decided to sell him uh, to the Midianites who took him off to Egypt 
and there he was sold into the house of Potiphar, and uh, then he was uh, accused of of uh, attempted rape, and then he was put in a dungeon for three years, and uh, nobody remembered him, and then Pharaoh had dreams, and then the courtiers remembered that guy, Joseph, in the dungeon, and he was uh, given a shower and shaven and and uh, put in a new set of clothes and stood before Pharaoh and interpreted Pharaoh's dreams about famine coming on Egypt, and Pharaoh appointed him to preserve Egypt by storing up seven years of grain during the good years and uh, making Egypt ready for the seven years of famine. Just an astonishing story. And the famine hit Canaan too, you remember? And the family of Joseph and all his brothers, and they came to Egypt for food and support. Joseph recognized them. They did not recognize him because he was all in his Egyptian gear as prime minister. Also, he was painted in the Egyptian way, and uh, he was speaking Egyptian anyway, so they just didn't recognize him. But Joseph recognized them, and when the chips were down and everything was revealed, Joseph said this, do not be afraid. It was not you who sent me here, but God, to bring about a great redemption. And he said that three times in in Genesis chapter 45, verses 5, 7, and 8, and Genesis 50, verse 20. Now look, how could he say that it was God who sent him here when the whole story was about the brothers sending him there. Well, you see, two realities, two kingdoms are operating. The kingdom of Satan through his brothers trying to destroy Joseph, and the kingdom of God invading the kingdom of Satan, beating him up, as it were, tying him down, and breaking in to turn this whole sordid affair into the glory of God and the redemption of his people. This is what you and I believe. The kingdom of Christ has broken into the kingdom of Satan. Interestingly, Jesus was persecuted and finally killed by the forces of Satan, the kingdom of Adam. God allowed the kingdom of Adam to invade his own son, and kill him. But the kingdom of Christ was so great and had overcome all the powers of evil that God was able to use that evil against his son and make it the redemption of the world, the sacrifice of Christ. But I want to tell you one more thing about this. God was not operating as an afterthought in other words, Satan was not the initiator, and God had to sort of quickly step in and turn Satan's events, Satan's actions into good. No, God was the initiator. It was God who was confronting Satan. It was God who was setting up that situation with Joseph. God knew the heart of his brothers were jealous and envious and evil, and he therefore used their envy and evil to bring about blessing 
even though it was a deep distress and trial to Joseph. Now, you and I need to understand the same thing with our troubles. When things go wrong and things don't work out for us, you need to understand that there is a higher kingdom at work, the kingdom of grace, the kingdom of Christ. And it may hurt us what goes on in our lives and disappoint us and make us angry and frustrated until our faith kicks in and says, I know what's going on here. There is something else happening. It is the kingdom of Christ. It is the kingdom of God breaking into Satan's kingdom. I am an instrument and an agent before God to show the powers of evil that we endure even in this trial and tribulation because good is going to come out of it, because Christ has triumphed over the forces of evil. This is how, this is the truth. But now, what do you do with the truth? This is where faith breaks in. Don't be alarmed at your immediate or first initial reaction to the troubles. You might curse, you might feel angry, you might stamp your feet, you might uh, curse God, you might do all kinds of things that express your frustration. But then you calm yourself, faith comes in, and you say, No, Father, I know what's going on here. Your kingdom is operating and breaking through to my kingdom, and it's creating a lot of fuss and fur and feathers flying, but I will endure because you are holding me in your hands. Thanks for listening today. And you know that I usually ask for your help at this time, and I'm sorry it sounds so repetitive, but uh, bills are so repetitive, aren't they? So if you would like to support this program, please do so by sending your donations to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. Or you can make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. The program costs $39 per 15 minutes, $200 for a week's program, about $850 to $900 for a month's program. Thanks so much for your help, and I'll see you next time. Cheerio, and God bless.